0: Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Adam again, and I have an encouraging word today, and I uh, want to go to the Lord first, and I ask you to join me. Father, I thank you for this opportunity today, and we are, we are seeking your never-ending help to deal with the issues of life, and we thank you for this life, and we know that you have provided the answers and show us the way, and so we are Once again, coming to you to forgive us for us not obeying you and for not following your guidance and submitting to your will. But we know today is a new day, and we have another opportunity to get on board. And so we thank you for this, and we come to you to seek your guidance. We thank you in the name of Yeshua, Yomashayim, Jesus, the Messiah, and it's in his, his name we were taught to come to you in prayer. So we're doing that right now. We thank you. Amen. All right. Well, today we're going to spend our time reviewing how the scriptures teach us to overcome something that every single one of us has to deal with. And I'm talking about stress. I'm talking about fear, anxiousness, you know. And regardless of how many times we've heard remedies, we've t- listened to messages, scripture, you know, p- pastors, teachers talking to us on how to resolve stress. I think we'd all agree it's always helpful to hear it again. It's, and it's impossible to live without reading, hearing, watching or personally experiencing some sort of event that's going on that just seems stressful this with with the technology we have today we can we can watch events look at things going on right in our hand with these cell phones we see things happening we get reports on events happening real time that make it very challenging very difficult to remove ourselves from those events as if nothing happened it's as if the event happened in our own neighborhood or homes And we then, you know, kind of wonder what is going on. And when this happens, many admit to an experience of despair, depression, fear, stress in their own life when they hear the news of other events that aren't happening, you know, uh, you know, in their neighborhoods or cities or areas, I guess, what I'm really saying is it is not normal for us to start out our days planning around avoiding tragic events. I, I don't think we plan like that. I sure hope we don't plan like that. I mean, do we? Do people, do you do that? I mean, just be honest with yourself. I get it, I know, in a flicker of an eye, lives are snuffed out by someone's unforeseen event, and sometimes those closest to us are impacted. I mean, even if you have your life pretty well put together, you know, the way you want it, there's still, there's always that unpredictable aspect of life. It's like you're going in a, you're driving or something, you're coming up to a curve. You do not know what's around that curve. So I think what I'm getting at is the question, like there's a question on the table, it would be this, is it possible for us to go through life with the sense of peace and tranquility without Experiencing anxiety, worry, fear, or stress? In other words, is it possible for us to know direction and stability in the midst of this daily unpredictability called life? Well, I think it would behoove us to review what the world was like during Jesus' time, to gain some understanding. And I believe this will bring us some comfort to, to pause and reflect on what it was like when, when we read about the life of Jesus, these people that lived 2,000 years ago. And I would contend, yeah, there's a lot of different aspects about life today that's different than then. It was way more simpler. But I think there were similar situations uh, and events that going on that were just like today. Look, look at the words Jesus shared with the disciples on the night before his death. Jesus knew very well about the trouble, the persecution, the pressure, the stress, the disciples would experience after his death. And yet, here's what Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 27. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Those are words you and I need to embrace today and frankly, every day. And this promise, right, is a promise that is embedded in much of the language that Jesus was sharing during the the previous three years of his ministry, the three and a half years of him doing ministry here. Jesus had promised them that the comforter is coming, that there's a place in heaven for them and that he would come and take them to that place. And still, there is this reoccurring theme that Jesus begins this 14th chapter of John with, where he starts John 14, verse 1, where it says, Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. He starts verse fourteen with, or chapter 14 with that, and then at the end of the 27th verse, he says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So it's obviously, it's very important for us to hear those words today and to hear them again and again, just like those folks heard it from Jesus. And I think, like, listen to me here. If you're troubled in your soul, if if we are undone as the world is in the midst of this unexplainable stuff going on all around us, then what, what do you and I have to offer anyone when they look to us for help? I mean, here's the deal. Why should anyone follow, why should anyone believe a Christian if their Christians are responding and acting the exact same way the world reacts when chaos hits? In other words, how does a Christian distinguish themselves? Well, let's look at this scripture in in Luke chapter 18, verse 1. It says, men should always pray and not give up. Jesus in this chapter in Luke 18 recorded it's Jesus is telling his disciples in a parable that they should always pray and not give up. Then one of Jesus's original disciples encourages us with this. And it's Peter. If you know the book of Peter, first Peter, chapter five, verse seven, Peter writes down, he says, cast all your cares, all your concerns, all your burdens upon the Lord. Because he cares. He cares for us. Here's something to ponder, and I, I know you've probably heard this, but we need to hear this again. If you want, if your desire is to please the Lord, what a testimony for our Lord Jesus would be if we could, when situations arise that we hadn't thought of or planned for, right? Tragedy, chaos, strikes. As Christians, if we could embrace those events and not ignore them, not show no compassion, not show no concern for it, but if we could take tragedy in the external context of God and show the world that is, you know, filled with depression, despair, no hope, to the point of people who are constantly on medication, taking terrible drugs that are just killing them, right? And we'd be able to show them a sense of hope. Because we have lived a life or we're training ourselves in living a life and exercising this training on how to live without a troubled heart and a fearful soul. How about that? Hallelujah. Let's let's look at another place where Jesus mentions peace. And it occurs when Jesus shows up to the disciples after his resurrection. It's in John. I'm going to read from John chapter 20, verses 19 and 20. When it was evening on that first day of the week and the doors were shut where the disciples were staying for fear of the Jews, Jesus came, stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. He said this and then he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw our Lord. It's as as if Jesus is saying to them, hey, this is the price you see these hands and you see my side? This is the price I paid so that you can experience peace. What are you afraid of? This should be a sobering reminder that the peace Jesus is giving to us was a peace that was purchased with the price of his blood. I mean, could here, here's something to process. Could we possibly apply the same stewardship principle that you know, we hear about that we should apply to the parables of the talents and the minas. Could we apply that very same stewardship principle to this scenario? In other words, could God be saying, we've been given much peace and to much peace that's been given, much is expected. I think we we absolutely should look at it that way because that's the way I believe God looks at it. Could we possibly steward peace in the very same manner as we steward our time for God, as we steward our talent for God, as we steward our treasure for God, as we steward our testimony for God? I thoroughly believe this. We are responsible to live a life according to this great provision God has given us in Jesus Christ as our peace. Now, you know what else is interesting? Scripture also talks about there's a type of peace with God that you and I experience. In fact, Romans 5.1 says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this, this kind of implies that we have a peace with God when we come by faith, believing in Jesus Christ, and now have reconciled to the Lord through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. In other words, when we Accept Jesus Christ. When we bow down to Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the war with God is over, and we've made peace with our Father. Now, there's a there's this difference between the peace of God and the peace, the peace with God and the peace of God. Jesus is telling us the peace of God is so very possible that even in the very midst of you know dramatic circumstances. You can have an inward peace that stabilizes us in the midst of any event. A, A wonderful example of that peace is the letter to the Philippian church. We are instructed to not be filled with anxiety, but we are to let the peace of God rule and govern and guide our hearts. And then in that letter, later in this letter that Paul was writing to the church at Philippi, he calls this the peace That passes all understanding. It's it's very rare. I guess I should say it's extremely rare to witness someone displaying that type of peace when chaos hits. But if we look back at the scripture that we started with today in John chapter 14, we get a glimpse of this type of peace through what Jesus Christ gives to us. And we see that this Peace is wrapped up in the very situation that surrounds our request for peace. So how does Jesus give this very gift of peace to to us? Well, this this is the very night of his crucifixion. I mean, in just a few hours, Jesus is going to be captured and then torture, and then the torture begins. The, The setting is a very difficult one, a very chaotic one, a stormy one, an unbelievable situation in the life of Jesus. Now, okay, so have you ever been in a place where it seems like your life is crashing down all around you? I'm sure there are things that are coming to memory. Some of you may be going through something right now. I mean, yeah, come on. Any one of us can display peace when things are going as planned, right? You've practiced, you've prepared, right? You've done your due diligence. Uh, for the event, or let's just say a game is being played, everything goes as you practiced and prepared for, you're calm, cool, and collected. Things are going exactly as you had planned out. And, and you know, uh, how about at home, right? I mean, maybe your physical health is okay. You're, it's good, right? There's plenty of cash in the bank. Or you've got a savings, right? All the bills are paid. You've got a steady and fruitful job, right? Life is going okay, right? You have peace, no real challenges at all. But see, right there, right here is the point we need to admit when we're concerning the non-Christian worldview and the Christian worldview. A Christian is supposed to display peace during the chaotic times, that is the very testimony God wants us to share with this world. So many times, you know what? I've, I've, I've found in my 59 years observing people, observing myself. So what I've found we'll try to do is to avoid very chaotic things or things that could be chaotic because we don't want to disrupt things going on. But maybe we've made quite a mistake at times because... We're the very vehicle God wants to be able to, he wants to show us off in the very midst of the chaos so that other people can come to know him, to go, how come you're able to stay calm, but if we're avoiding all those things, hmm, I'm just throwing that out there. God wants our testimony to show the world what to do when things that go unplanned happen. That's, I think, why, one of the reasons why the night of Jesus' crucifixion, he gives them this talk so it'd be on their minds as events were leading up to one of the most difficult times in his life. And he said, I give you peace. He's telling, Jesus is telling them, he's telling us, it's recorded for us in the Bible, that we can live in the very midst of this crazy mixed-up world and have security and peace when these unexplainable things happen. And we have this peace because our confidence that comes with the knowledge that Jesus Christ is still in control it's our faith level even though in a moment it may look like everything is breaking now and there's total chaos right Jesus is still in control and we can have peace because of our relationship with him hallelujah and in the second part of John chapter 14 verse 27 Jesus says the peace i give is not like the peace the world gives Oh, oh, hmm, okay. So, in other words, that means there is a type of peace that the world has that it will try to sell to us, I guess, if we're buying. It's a counterfeit piece. in other words, that is offered up if we're willing to accept it. Well, think about how we would be sold this piece. How is it offered to us, right? Well, Mentioned earlier, we have these things now, these devices, these phones where you can get the news right in, right in real time. You don't have to wait for the TV station to put on news anymore. We watch the news. We read the news. Some of us get notices. I know uh, I don't do this, but I know I know people that say, hey, I just got they get notices on their they're wearing them on their watches. They got these the, the phones, all these devices that gives them all this information all the time. They, they'll talk about the peace between nations. That's right, on a global scale. But, but again, remember, Jesus says the peace that he gives is not like the peace of the world. So I'm just gonna cut right to the chase here. But the peace the worlds offer is an insincere peace, and it's not authentic peace at all. In fact, it's a packaged, it's packaged very neatly, but in reality, you know what it is? It's fear. It's false evidence appearing real. Fear is a person believing he can do nothing and neither can God. Fear of tomorrow, like right now, there are people listening right now that are, that's something big probably coming up tomorrow. They know it's coming up. It's right around the corner. They're afraid of it. It's fear of tomorrow right now will produce tomorrow what you fear today. I believe God is more interested in our stability than our tranquility One of those, see, by fear focuses on the need. The other, by faith, focuses on the answer. I mean, let's just even more throw it out there and get more real in an issue right in front of the entire world the last few years, and it's still here. It's called COVID. You know, folks, no one who had polio, chickenpox, hepatitis B, influenza, they had those vaccines, None of them ever worried about someone unvaccinated giving them the disease. That stupidity started in 2021. That fear is manufactured. I'm telling you, I made, a, I made a lot of observations in life and over the last few years, I've surmised that there are really four groups of people right now. You could throw people around the globe into these four groups of people. First group is those who believe the narrative and comply. The second group is those who know it's a false narrative, but comply anyway. Third group is those who are waking up to the false narrative and are starting to refuse to comply. And then there's the fourth group, the smallest group. Those who knew it was a false narrative from the start and refuse to ever partake of the false narrative. I try to make things really simple, make things make sense. You know, you know how simple this was for me? And I'm not trying to boast, but I was in the group number four. You know, for me, this became really, really simple. For I'm watching people, I'm watching our leadership, I'm, I'm watching things, and I'm thinking to myself, for a country that killed an entire generation in the womb, I'm talking about abortion. From 1973 until just this past year, it was legal, right? But for that group of people that believe in that, Telling adults to wear masks because it's going to save lives? Your words are a joke and an embarrassment. Are you aware that for the first time in history, that the ineffectiveness of a medicine was being blamed on those who hadn't taken the medicine? Just process that. That's what's being dished out and has been for almost two years. Do you know they changed the definition of vaccine? What we're seeing, what's been playing out, folks, is an obeying of the rules has become more important than questioning if the rules were legitimate in the very first place. And I say that because many people have happily approved of silencing any of the so-called medical experts whose views contradicted the World Health Organization or the Center for Disease Control. I mean, the very definition of science is that you constantly are debating and renewing it based on what the latest information you found. You don't ever, ever, ever shut down anybody's opinion unless their opinion is what you don't want other people to hear. (laughs) Well, you know what? I believe what I've been just recently saying applies to what Jesus went through in the scriptures. It's exactly what happened to Jesus as he was sharing what the scriptures actually mean as opposed to the false teachings, the false narratives that the Pharisees and the Sadducees were forcing on the people. Jesus was telling them, it's recorded in multiple gospels, where he said, you've taken the laws and the commandments of God and they've had no effect on the people because you've turned them into the teachings and teachings and commandments of men. That's kind of what I think has gone on in the world recently through covid It's the same thing they're doing with anything about sexuality, LGBTQ, and also saying men can become women and women become men. This is utterly insanity. And you know, we know what happened to Jesus because he stood up against the leadership. The worldly peace that we keep getting fed is just an outer covering that covers up the underneath boiling pot of issues and dealings going on under the table. Jesus said, they will despise you because they despised me first. Christians, if they're not despising you, because you're, if you, maybe you're not standing up for the word of God. Maybe you've compromised. Jesus not only promised but delivered because the one who dies and rose is now living as the executor of that will. And still today, many will say they don't have a sense of that peace in their own life. If that describes you, let me again remind you that the responsibility is not on Jesus, but on you. Folks, we tend to have a problem receiving what the Lord has, what the Lord has already provided. If we will just take a different perspective at the issues in our life, we may finally understand. In other words, take the eternal perspective instead of the temporal perspective, and you'll experience the freedom and the peace we're looking for. Re- remove, renew our minds. We've got to renew our minds to the God perspective, right? Do you, you, if you're having problems understanding what I'm saying, well, then Romans twelve two is right there for you. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed By the renewing of your mind, then, when your mind's renewed, then you will be able to test and approve what God's good, pleasing, and perfect will is. In other words, peace is just another perspective away. Just imagine if you changed your lens. Who would you be if you put on God's lens? Here in John chapter 14, we read that in order for Jesus to give us what he has promised, it is necessary for Jesus to depart from our realm and return to where he, from where he came. He's got to return to heaven. John chapter 14, verse 28 now says, you heard that I told you I am going away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I am going to my father for my father is greater than I. One more time here, Jesus is reminding us that before his peace can pour over us, it is necessary for him to ascend and return to the Father in heaven. And then the Holy Spirit was able to come to us because Jesus had to return before the great comforter could come. the end result of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives is this deep, lasting peace. If we're not experiencing, then we're rebelling against God. We're rebelling against Jesus. We're rebelling against the Holy Spirit. We're rebelling against everything the Lord has been instructing us. And a great way to check how you're doing in your transformation is check check your peace barometer. (laughs) I'm going to say it again. Unlike worldly peace, peace, which is usually defined by the absence of conflict, God's peace is the confident assurance in any circumstance. With Christ's peace, we have no need to fear the present or the future. We can be just like David and, seeing that giant. We run to him and slay him because we are not concerned about the outcome. We're more concerned about obeying God. As we renew our mind to receive the peace of God, to move into our hearts and lives, we gain strength to restrain those hostile forces and receive comfort in those places of conflict. And if we start to do this with the smallest things, we'll have way more courage and boldness when it comes to bigger things because it'll become our pattern. It'll be the way we live. So when the next COVID nonsense comes, the next thing comes, we're not going to bow down and cower back like little sheep. We're going to raise up like the lion of Judah. Oh, folks, how I pray, how I hope we seek and soak on this and learn to live more courageously and peacefully because we have trusted and submitted fully to the will of, the, of God. Hallelujah. I hope this encourages you. I know there was some intenseness in this and in my voice probably, but I'm sharing this because we need to hear this. We need to repent and we need need to accept that God is going to give us another opportunity to obey his will and not live in fear, not live in stress, not live with peace. Thank you, Father. We praise you. God bless everybody. Goodbye. Thank you for joining Dr. Candace for today's podcast. For more resources and weekly prophetic words direct in your email box, go to our website at www.CandiceSmithyman.com, Facebook at Candice Smithyman, or Instagram at Candace Smithyman. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread the gospel.